So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode, it's Lenny Lashley's Gang of One. My name is Dan, and when my parents were asked to submit a childhood photo of me for my senior yearbook, they sent in a picture of me in a Superman t-shirt and tidy whiteies reading a Ninja Turtles book. Very on brand. (laughs) My name is Jeff, and my favorite ice cream cone is vanilla soft serve with cherry dip from Stu Leonard's. <laughs> my name is Jimmy, and I've never watched a single episode of Golden Girls. <laughs> I feel like that's just something that everybody has done, right? So, like, but I haven't. So Jeff. I know, but, but yeah, Dan. My name's Dan, and I've also never watched a single episode of Golden Girls. Wow. Really? Really? Yeah. It's, it's just dink. it's just one of those shows that like even though I'm not a Golden Girls fan, I've seen it. You right. know, like because you just grow up and TV Land is on and yeah. you have an Italian grandmother, so like you know, <laughs> oh, believe me, it's just I've on. watched my fair share of uh, TV Land, like Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, but all never that stuff. Golden Girls. No, no, never got around to it. Huh? What about Maud? <laughs> no, never saw Maud. <laughs> no. Oh man, that's pretty funny. Jeff. Uh, yeah cherry dip come on that's like that's like for babies that's like fake tasting yeah dude it's totally fake it's it's candy it's just sweet but like Stu leonard's is a grocery store based in connecticut and there are several locations now but the main was one is in norwalk connecticut which is where i was born and grew up in and the soft serve soft serve ice cream overall is generally poopy right like it's fine you eat it it's good, but like real ice cream is better. This soft serve though is like so creamy and delicious and there's just something about it. And then you dip it in cherry and maybe it's nostalgia because I grew up with it, but like I F with cherry dip. I'm a fruity boy. You guys know this about me. Yeah. Soup snacks. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Soup snacks. Have we ever talked about soup snacks on here? raspberry habanero? <laughs> I think so. Let's, uh, let's oh save that. Boy. We'll save yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what if I was to blow your mind and tell you that the thing that you like about Stu Leonard's soft serve is because it's not actually soft serve. It is, in fact, frozen custard, which uh, you could seek out at many other establishments. No, no, the there's level of enjoyment. I, I think there's two different kinds. They have ice cream and then they have the frozen custard. Oh, well, then that's wrong. I believe you're saying I think you're I think you're talking choose, about I think you're talking about Rita's Rita's is custard. Yeah, and so is Stu Leonard's. Mm, I don't know about that. I do know. I'm I know because I have hand packed <laughs> Stu Leonard's in my freezer right now, and it That's is not the same thing. Ice cream. Yeah, they take it from the machine and they put it in the carton thing. It's soft oh. serve in a carton, which That's is lo- really odd. <laughs> it's <laughs> why wouldn't you get good. hard packed ice cream like a true New Englander? Is that a New England thing? Hard packed ice cream? I think it is because Ben like and Jerry's. Friendlies, get the hell out of here, Jim. Get the hell out. Friendlies, 
Friendlies well, Jimmy's is a right. New England thing. Yeah, back in the day, Friendlies was a big ice cream spot, and they are all like hard packed ice cream. Uh, yeah. My wife likes Friendlies, and she's not from New England, and she used to get it on vacation. Well, she's also in the not South. seventy years old. That's when Friendlies <laughs> was a New England thing. Mm, okay. Also, well. I will make an argument for real ser- soft serve too, because um, Dan and I we have family upstate New York, yeah. and um, they have real soft serve ice cream, and it is very good. Well, that's because they're actually making the the soft serve like what would you call it like batter, not batter. Uh, what would batter. you call that word? Mix. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah. That yeah. liquid. It comes right. in. So like they're bags. making that. Well, that's the thing. The shitty ones come in bags. Yeah. The good ones are made homemade in some sort of a large bowl type vessel and then poured into the machine. Well, I don't know about Stu Leonard's now, but like they did start out. I mean, they still are a dairy store. They have their own farms and stuff. So I don't know how like real it is now, but it surely started that way. I'm sure the people at the individual grocery store are not mixing up a homemade <laughs> batch of ice cream. They're you don't know a that. And pouring into a machine. Oh, you I don't know, know it, Jeff. You don't know anything. Don't you I know dare it take the, the illusion of, of Stu Leonard's fancy-free attitude and whimsical environment away from me. Every week on the show, we tell each other and you who is listening because you're listening to us and you have to hear us what we've been talking ourselves into lately. And, you know, it's not it's not like a a big thing. I'm not trying to talk Jimmy and Dan into it. It's just something either new that I'm talking myself into. Maybe something I'm getting back into. Maybe I'm trying to talk myself into something and it ain't working. Well, this week, baby, it's working because I've been. I've successfully talked myself into, and may I add, very hard, fruit cups? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's even a big thing. <laughs> a grandma. A grandma yep, you so, are. All right, so hear me out. Like, fruit cups, right? Everybody's had them as a kid. They're, it's, it's just, it's not healthy. It's just sugar. It's just fruit thrown in sugar, simple syrup, and yeah. it's delicious as a kid. Then I'm at the store and I see fruit cups with like chia seeds. And I was like, oh, I, I like those chia drinks. You know, I like the texture. Yeah. It's they're It's really tasty. It's good. So I got Over. one. And I, yeah. Very snotty, <laughs> which I, I like to swallow down. Yeah. And I got it and I was like, oh, man, this is like really good. It's like just like sweet pieces of fruit in this chia artificially flavored terrible for your health syrup and i was like yeah this is really good and then i I kept getting them and then i was like when i'm going there i'm like oh man like let me just get some grapefruit and some mandarins like that i just started getting like normal ones you know like some kind of bozo and i'm like damn these are good like and then you get the the pear and apple with like the little cherries in them and i'm like oh this is so sweet and it's artificially flavored but then the more you go down this fruit cup rabbit hole (laughs) the weirder it gets so they have one, some brand, I don't know what it is, Del Monte or like what, Dole. Mots. Mots. Some Mots. <laughs> we got Mots over here and we're not talking about cheese, fellas. They got bubble ones, which has like little boba balls for no reason. Because like a boba uh-huh. ball, like it explodes in your mouth, but like it's in liquid. So it does. And it's so weird. It's like I got the strawberry flavored one that's totally artificially flavored and it's so good. And then I see this. They got like ones with oats and shit in them. I didn't get that. <laughs> but I got one called Parfait. And this shit is shelf stable. So, you know, it's going to be bad. Half the cup is filled <laughs> up with like this white cream 
substance and then the other half has fruit on it so i was like all right i'm effing with this hard so i get it home and i open it up and i put the spoon in it and it is not liquidy it is this viscous gelatinous weird (laughs) ass goop and i love it it's so gross like it was just like it's this weird texture it's kind of like if the middle of an oreo was like more liquidy i don't know dude it is nasty but point of the story is Especially like I've been shopping at Aldi's a lot and those are like 79 cents for four cups. Bro, I stock up on that shit. I got so I got like 18 fruit <laughs> cups in my fridge right now. just ready to be eaten. And I'll eat uh, them anytime. Here we come. This I'll, is so funny because like, I don't know. This is probably like months ago at this point, but my mom was going through a huge fruit cup phase and she was very excited about them. And she like, just kept like, she kept on asking me if I wanted any. And I was like, no, I don't want them. I just eat normal fruit. But like, I don't know. I remember tweeting something out about it. And my friend McKenna, who funny enough is a friend of the show, Brett's sister-in-law, I guess. um, She was, uh, she was like, yeah, those are pretty good, though. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't so know what, what bro, fruit they cups are, are like so like, important, so like, though. But. So what you guys are saying is that fruit cup technology has grown in leaps and bounds. It has. The days of my eating fruit cups. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah. it totally has. Like, once I saw the Chia ones, I was like, all right, this is some next level shit that I am all about. And then they put, like, <laughs> parfait technology inside of it. Are you kidding me? Yes, I'm going to try that. And I want to try the oats one. I just haven't yet because, like, I don't know. I'm sure you got to, like, heat those up to be good. And I'm, I'm a cold, cold fruit kind of guy. <laughs> I, I found the conversation. She said, I am completely obsessed with fruit cups. LOL. This is this week's haul. And it was just a lot of fruit cups. It but is then a lot of fruit. Cups. I'm going like next level too. I just bought a huge can of chopped up pineapple because I love pineapples, but I hate chopping them. And I love pineapple juice, but like they just come in these little cans. Mm. So I don't know, man, I might be making my, I got some of that like to spice <laughs> to put on it. You know, this is the new pickle. You're going to be pickling. Basically, <laughs> I'm a fruit cup guy. I I am a fruit cup guy. And I'm just saying, dude, oh, I'm wait. so excited about it. Jeff, let's correct that. Just for the sake of entertainment purposes. You're a fruit cup kid. I'm a fruit. <laughs> I'm a gummy guy. <laughs> I'm a fruit cup kid. <laughs> I'm a cold, cold tea, tea boy. Guy. Cold tea boy. Yeah. I'm a candle guy. Uh, oh, wow. Jimmy, what are you talking yourself into this week? I hope it's fruit cups because I can keep talking about them. Uh, I hate to say it, but I'm going to be bringing the podcast a little bit down a little bit. Um, I've been uh, talking myself into saying goodbye to uh, some people in my family. Oh. And uh, it's been pretty hard. Um, Dan and I, we lost our grandfather earlier um, at, at the end of last year to uh, COVID. It was very unfortunate. And uh, just last week, I lost my stepfather uh, to cancer. And uh, yeah, just uh, having to say goodbye. And it really sucks. And uh, sort of what I've been dealing with lately. And yeah, I appreciate everybody who has been very nice and saying their condolences and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's been a rough month. Yeah, it's what I've uh, been talking myself into. And it's, it's a bummer. Dan, well, please bring well, it up. Well, well Jimmy, Jim, uh, I just want to say that, uh, you know, we're friends. I'm always here for you. I love all those people, too. I knew them very well. And to bring yeah. it up, I'm going to pour out a fruit cup for everybody tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. I, I will also that. say that I'm as sad as it is. I'm happy to hear you talking about it. Uh, 
I know personally that you can be someone who tends to pull inward and draw away yeah. from painful emotions. So I'm yeah. glad that you're getting in touch with those feelings. And as much as it sucks and it hurts in the long term, you're going to feel a lot better about oh, your yeah, relationship sure. with Ed that you were able to spend this time and you were able to, you know, deal with those feelings. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it just sucks because I mean, he took really good care of my mom and stuff. So, uh, I mean, Ed and I weren't like super close, but I, I know how much he meant to my mom and stuff. So, and yeah. just, uh, from a third party perspective, just like lit- legitimately one of the nicest people, like everyone oh, yeah. says that yeah. when someone passes away, but just a, a great guy. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. Uh, well, Damn. I am going to uh, bring it up a little bit and also maybe bring out some anger in people. This is a controversial oh one. Ooh, I uh, like it. So we're talking about fruit cups. We're talking about real life. And now we're talking yeah. about controversy. <laughs> I, I'm talking myself into letting myself become a bit of a Karen in certain circumstances okay i think i know where this is going and i think i'm going to agree with you but i might be wrong and i cannot (laughs) wait for either outcome so over the last few years uh all the leftist liberal elite cucks like myself have really like had a good time poking fun at you know what we've determined are Karens. These are people that you see videos of, like cell phone shot footage of predominantly white women, sometimes men, sometimes people of different races, uh, who are using their privilege and place in society to basically, what would you say, like hold other people down, or you know, create problems where there doesn't need to be problems. Yeah, I think yeah. trying to protect what their image of their own status is against a threat that's not there. Right. Uh, so obviously I am not for that. No. But what I've learned <laughs> lately is that we can't arbitrarily say that like raising your voice and stirring some shit up is always a bad thing. Sometimes it could be a good thing. Mm, can't uh, wait to hear yeah. what you think is a good thing, Dan. Jeff, whatever you're doing is really coming through on the podcast. Didn't know it was. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what I'm saying is that in certain circumstances, it's okay to be a Karen. And and pri- primarily these circumstances are when you're dealing with a large corporation. Okay. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. definitely agree with that. Always. Always. For sure. So recently I've had issues with products or purchases from large corporations such as Amazon, Live Nation, and Bed Bath and & Beyond. And you guys know me as a pretty well-rounded person, if not having some, you know, confrontational aspects to my personality. I like to, you know, bring things out in the open, speak my mind, things like that. But I'm generally polite and professional when it comes to customer service experiences. But when a large corporation is taking advantage of you, I don't think there's anything wrong with becoming a Karen and just starting some shit <laughs> Raising your voice, demanding respect, demanding that your will be taken care of. And uh, that's what I did. And in all three of those circumstances, I was clear not to have a negative effect on the worker of those companies. Yes, but you have to do that for sure. Yeah. I said, you know, in phone conversations, listen, I understand it's not your fault, but I demand satisfaction. 
<laughs> yeah, so I, I do that too and it's it's really tough because you're like hey listen i'm about to yell at you but i'm not yelling at you so if yeah. you want to escalate this please feel free and then again i'm not going to yell at your manager i'm just going to yell at the people that sign your check but give me my shit what i would recommend jeff what i do is i become the quiet karen so i don't yell i kill them with kindness but i just state facts and i use lots of hyperbole so I say things like, I just wanted to let you know that this is the worst company I've ever dealt with in my entire life, <laughs> that I will be going on all social media and spreading negative stories about your company. I will be leaving negative reviews. I will be reporting you to the Better Business Bureau. And 99.99% so like of the customer service reps you are talking to don't give a shit at yep. all. And they're probably doing the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I had bought a product from Amazon that was defective. Uh, they did not want me to return it because it was a one-time use product. And uh, Really? I Usually could... Amazon doesn't care. I've returned so much stuff from Amazon and never had a problem. Well, I had nothing to return. It was a, uh, well, I'm just going to put this out there now. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a foot peel mask. You've talked about that on the show <laughs> yeah, before. Oh, okay. It's absolutely yeah. disgusting. <laughs> and uh, I used it and nothing happened. And I was not happy. I had spent some decent money on it. So I complained and I got my money back. Yeah, but oh, Amazon doesn't really care. A lot of times, <clears throat> there have been half the times when they're like, just keep it. Even if it's like a toy. I was like, hey, it's this weird, toy though. came with damaged packaging. They're like, keep it. We'll send you another one. I think it depends on like which seller is selling through Amazon. Right. Like, you know. But uh, yeah, so uh, sometimes it's okay to be a Karen, guys. I mean, I'm not going to get into all the other examples, but uh, Bed Bath & Beyond gave me a refund on a product that was wrong. I know you've and, had a uh, real hard time with the Heim album. Yep. Uh, I remember you. I've seen those tweets about them, so I'm, I've been I'm trying curious to, about that. I've been trying to get the new Heim album since June 28th when I placed the order. And just terrible customer service. They said, oh, we never got your order. Oh, we did, but it's backordered. Oh, it's not backordered, but the band was supposed to sign something and they didn't. So literally, like, I was just raising holy hell. Finally, literally last week, they refunded the entire amount of my purchase. And then two days ago, I came home from work and the entire package was on my doorstep. Oh, damn. So you I got did the it. album. You, I got you the out album. them. A t-shirt and a signed postcard for free. And cool. Quite satisfied. It was worth the seven-month wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, fellas. This week, I'm talking you into a musical act called Lenny Lashley's Gang of One. Yeah. Uh, okay. Lenny Lashley is a singer, songwriter, musician uh, based out of Boston, Massachusetts, and uh, I think also has some roots in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, he has a long history in the punk rock uh, music scene. And as many aging punk rockers do, he decided to go solo and play an acoustic guitar. <laughs> does it? <laughs> it's so but Dan, angry. does it have that punk rock ethos that we love oh, to talk about? Jimmy, Lenny Lashley is so steeped in the punk rock ethos. I think he has punk rock ethos tattooed on him. <laughs> uh, so I know Jeff knows a little bit about his history and he has some exposure. We'll get into mm -hmm. that in a minute. Yep. Um, but 
basically Lenny Lashley came to prominence as the lead singer, um, guitar player, songwriter for uh, a Boston band called Darkbuster, which uh, Jimmy is sort of reminiscent of like Dropkick Murphys. Okay. Um, it's that sort of like mixture of punk and oi and like Celtic rock. Uh, definitely like a New England, Boston type of vibe. Um, I got to see Darkbuster when they reformed. They're really fun band. They're really fast and energetic. But with definitely, I would say, a strong connection to rock and roll, like uh, more than some of the other bands that genre. The, the stuff that Lenny Lashley was writing about was really personal, about his life, his relationships, things like that. So it came as no surprise to me when I heard that um, he was starting this solo project, which uh, he calls Lenny Lashley's Gang of One. And I believe that's because the Gang of One is just sort of like a revolving door of musicians, like whoever's available at the time plays with mm-hmm. him. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I've seen Lenny Lashley's Gang of One live three times. And each time were vastly different backing bands. They were like... Uh, <laughs> At one point, there was a stand-up bass and a pedal steel guitar. Another show I saw him, uh, he played with a mandolin player and a um, an accordion player. And then another band I saw was like a standard rock outfit with like keyboards, guitar, bass, drums. So, okay. Um, he also had another solo project that he kind of comes back to once in a while that's a little bit more punk rock tinge called Lenny and the Piss Poor Boys. Um but yeah, I like Lenny Lashley's Gang of One because it sort of runs the gamut of folk music, uh, country music, rock, and punk. And I think he he's just like a cool character, and it's interesting to hear his take on sort of traditional rock and roll ideas. So I think you will like them. Jeff, what is your exposure to Lenny Lashley and Lenny Lashley's Gang of One? Uh, well, I originally heard him, like you mentioned, uh, in Darkbuster, who I've seen open for bands and I've opened for them, I believe. And I've also played with Lenny Lashley's Gang of One more than once, I believe, uh, in Hooks and Sinkers. And he is mutual friends with people that I play in bands with. So uh, I don't know him personally. I've met him. He's a he's a good guy. And I remember the shows being really fun. Uh, it's been about 10 years probably since the last time I played with him, but I haven't listened to him other than that. But like you said, I remember very vividly him playing with an accordion player and he has a very big local following. So like a lot of people just, you know, gang up and jump on top of the microphone when he's playing. Hmm. And it's something you would see at like a hardcore show, but he's just a guy with an acoustic guitar. So it's funny. Uh, which, you know, like folk punks do or aging punks, as Dan said. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I this is a weird episode because I know I like the music. I just don't remember it. Um, mm. <laughs> and I, I like Darkbuster. I have a CD on a spindle somewhere in storage. Um, but yeah, so I'm 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 excited to do this because I know that you've been effing with his music nonstop pretty mm. much uh, forever. So now you're making me listen to it, which is which is good because I'm sure I'll like it. Jimmy, it's, it's going to be a real Lenny easy episode, Lashley? Dan. For Jeff, I feel like it will be. <laughs> what was that, Dan? Jimmy, have you heard Lenny Lashley's Gang of One? 
Um, I think you might have played something for me. I don't remember. I think I vaguely remember you talking about it on the old podcast. I yeah. think somebody played a uh he was doing a cover of like a kiss song or something. I don't yes. remember. Um Yeah, when I saw him live at the LNG uh in Connecticut, um he he did a cover of Hard Luck Woman by Kiss that was really fun. Oh yeah, I think that's what it was. Um yeah, that's pretty basically all I know about him, but uh, I'm excited for this. Sounds like everything that I like about like punk rock and uh, the punk rock ethos. So yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I I mean, you liked Frank Turner, and I know yeah. Jeff likes Frank Turner, and there's yeah. a lot of similarities, a lot of crossover appeal in those two. So cool. uh, yeah, I made a playlist. I'm gonna have you guys check it out. And um, his first EP, which I enjoy a lot, self-titled EP. Uh, is not available streaming anywhere online. I have uh, a 45 of it, but I found someone had posted it to YouTube, so I'm going to give you that. Okay. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Lenny Lashley's Gang of One. The year is 2021. The fellas have assembled we are okayed we are okay fellas (laughs) we are okayed yes that's correct so lenny lashley's gang of one we listened to uh, a playlist in total 15 songs that dan put together uh throughout uh lenny lashley's solo career and there's a spotify playlist and a youtube playlist um, yeah, I don't know if I mentioned this in part one, but I think we should start with the YouTube playlist. Just I, I don't want to chronologically do that because that's not how I listen to it. And my notes kind of reflect that. Is that okay? Well, too bad because it's chronological. <laughs> okay. Well, then this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We could do it however you want. Yeah. This you guys is how- are you guys are the talkies. So I'm just the talker. Right. So okay. for, for some reason, I didn't uh, take a note for the first song, Kingston. Um but I listened to it a lot and it was good. And is this Kingston, Rhode Island or New York? Which Kingston is he referring to or Jamaica? I don't think it's Jamaica. (laughs) I don't know. See, like everything I found on the internet says that he's based out of Boston, but I could swear he had roots in Rhode Island. So I always thought of it as Uh, Kingston, Rhode Island. Yeah, I would say so too. I mean, even based on his accent, I only say Kingston because there is a big scene out there, like a rockabilly, uh, a scene that he would be into i'm sure he's played there before um but jimmy first impressions on uh lenny lashley uh so this was the uh this was the first song that i listened to um because i don't know i listened to spotify first um but yeah i definitely felt the punk rock ethos i knew that uh, was coming yes as people say on this show um i like the little chanting haze that are in there and um yeah i thought it was pretty fun i didn't like super love this song i i was a little underwhelmed i guess oh by um it just kind of seemed a little i don't know i it, i think pointless is a harsh word but it just felt like there was nothing like super there like to catch me if that makes any sense yeah, yeah I, mean, I it's think a, it's a fun song it's, it's not fine it's not super deep lyrically i think it, yeah uh, there's a, a very big theme arcing throughout his music which we'll get into more uh, um that picks up here which is just like playing shows and hanging out with friends and you know having fun and problems that come with yeah with that territory 
Right. Well, I think it makes, um, I mean, lyrically, it's a traditional sort of like, I'm a hometown guy. I love my hometown friends, stuff like that. Right. Um, but I think it makes an interesting bookend with the second song, which we don't have to go to immediately, but I, I think you should yeah, we can. sort of hold it up against hooligans because to me, this is sort of like, uh, Kingston is the best of what comes from local friendship and hometown pride and hooligans is sort of not the best. Yeah, so this song for me, I don't know about Jimmy or how familiar he is with rant, with uh, the band Rancid, but this has huge early mm-hmm. Rancid vibes, and then a little bit later Rancid with with the organ in there, and I mean just the word hooligans that's very Rancidy, but it's also very, uh, you know, like New England Dropkick Murphys tough guy kind of broing out chat yeah, the bloodshot hooligans yeah and yeah. and there's that line that repeats that we rely on each other and it's that typical new england hardcore vibes like family friends i mean new york hardcore too a lot of that like northeastern area camaraderie and uh familial yeah. vibes to it i i like yeah. the song a lot it was really fun yeah i definitely agree with that i definitely sort of felt like those like new england new york hardcore vibes with this song and um, I mean, obviously, that's what you guys have kind of exposed me to in the past. So, yeah, I was definitely feeling the song. I like the ooze. Uh, Jeff always says like, oh, Jim, did you like the ooze? I'm that's like, the secret, yeah, baby. That's I did the secret. Like I did like the ooze. Secret sauce. Um, yeah, this I, this is kind of a stretch, but this song lyrically gives me vibes of like the first Bruce Springsteen album. Not musically, but if you listen to right. the lyrics yeah, on Greetings totally. from Asbury Park, it's loaded with references to like inside jokes and friends oh, sure, yeah. and places where they hang out. So I always sort of draw that correlation in my head. Um, but I think like thematically, these first two songs on his first major release are pretty straightforward, like punk rock, street punk, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm hmm. Um, I, I, I think would call we, street punk. Yeah, I think we start to see a little bit of a departure and a venturing into more traditional rock and roll tropes with the next track, U.S. Mail. Yeah, this is another one where this is about, I, I mean, like flat out, it's about writing letters to a loved one while you're on tour, right? And, yeah, right. But, but I think that it can apply to any long distance relationship i I was in a long distance relationship with my life uh before we moved in and like this is a very relatable song even though i've never been on a long distance tour i could still relate to it like you know i mean we're we're in the age of technology now where we don't have to send letters but uh, you know we used to it's it's nice getting something physical and seeing the person's handwriting and well uh, jeff yeah as someone who once toured part of the eastern seacoast on a three-day weekend i can tell you that even though i also was single at the time it was i could very much relate to this that three-day weekend did did your letters go like dear mother and father i'm sorry i will not be home for dindin tonight but tomorrow i shall make you a chowder soup I didn't actually write any letters and I had terrible sleep apnea at the time. So most of the three day (laughs) tour was me sleeping in a van looking like I was dead and people taking pictures pictures of of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. Um, No, but seriously, uh, I, what I like about this song is that it's sort of a throwback with all the stuff about writing letters, Yeah, but he embraces that. And it's actually about um, knowing that you can easily pick up the phone, send a text, write an email, call, but choosing to send a letter 
because there's something you know textile about getting yeah. that in the mail opening it it shows that you're putting in a little bit of extra effort right or as jeff would say tactile yeah. um but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i definitely agree with that and um it, i do like how it sort of feels like a uh, a throwback it sort of feels like a please mr postman or something like right. that to that That's nature a good reference but um yeah it's fun it's a fun like rock song and uh takes that little like 60s pop song ethos yeah it's weird it's like if the beach boys decided to record a punk song like those right. woos, those woos in the intro <laughs> and stuff are super beach boys yeah for sure or if a punk decided to write a beach boy song which is what happened yeah that is what this is basically uh, yeah recovering this is the most dropkick murphy's song yet. yeah yeah uh, i is- totally feel that this is just like this is just a song that uh makes you bleed green with boston (laughs) really see i don't make that like celtic punk connection with this to me this is more of a like an old school hardcore song like minor threat it's like it's a super fast ripper musically it's not like celtic punk but i I don't know it just has that like boston streets vibe it's got that anthemic quality with the long, like ringing out guitars and and stuff. I don't. It definitely need recovering. feels. <laughs> it definitely feels, in my opinion, like a live performance. Like yeah. it, it just feels like I could see this like performed exactly how it sounds like live. Um, and I think that's good about it. Yeah, it's definitely a raw cut, uh, Jimmy. I wanted to. I mean, we haven't really gotten into this a lot yet, but I think this is a good song to talk about his vocals because they are unique. He's got mm-hmm. a, like a lot of uh, earthy grit to it, but he is also like a talented singer. When you see him live, he's hitting these notes. He's you know doing harmonies and stuff like that. And I think um, there's a moment in this song that sort of typifies his range. He gets pretty high, and he's like, "Because I'm fine the way I am." That whole section. Mm, what did you yeah, think yeah. of? What do you think of him as a singer up to this point? He's a pretty good singer. Like, um, obviously, like we were saying before, he does have a very like unique voice, but I think that does play to his benefit. I think if he had just like a traditional, like, I don't know, singing voice, he would just not be like super like enjoyable. But yeah, I definitely do like enjoy like a unique voice. Like it took me a while to get into like the Gaslight Anthem, for, for instance, because Brian Fallon has a unique voice as well. Mm. Um, but I think that does sort of play to their benefit and um, to Lenny Lashley's benefit, too. I think he's really good. And yeah, you're totally right. He does have a really good range and uh, his tone's good. And yeah, he's he's hitting those notes. It's pretty impressive. And I think as we'll talk later on, um, when you get a chance to hear his speaking voice on the YouTube playlist, he has a unique speaking voice, too, that this it's definitely not like he's putting on extra grit to sing. It's just like this is how he sounds. So these Mm -hmm. first four songs were off of his album Illuminator, which came out in 2014, which is still like to me uh, when Dan was like, do you listen to Lenny Lashley? I'm like. I think about like that snapshot in time where I was playing shows like around his band. And this is like still after that. So I was like, Oh, this is pretty recent. But then his next album, uh, which his next four songs off of came out in 2019. So I didn't, I knew that Dan said that he's like, uh, you know, getting back out there, but I didn't know he had a new album come out like a year ago. Um, mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. And I actually looked it up after one of the songs. Cause I was like, this sounds pretty recent, but um, truth and blood was the first song off of this album. Dan gave us. And we should the, say the name of the album is all our, all are welcome. Yeah. So uh, truth and blood started. Uh, there's a line in there. My heart ain't in it. And this is, this is like, it's a breakup, but is it romantic? Is it 
a band? Is it breaking mm-hmm. up with a friendship? It's and I think he leaves it ambiguous because there's the same kind of feelings and emotions when you go through a separation of any sort of breakup, whatever kind it is. And lyrically, I thought that was pretty cool. And, and just I, I believe he repeats that several times uh, in this song. Mm-hmm. So you re- he really drives that point home that like it's just not there for him anymore and we've all felt that one way or another even if it's like a job like you know you're like i i'm just not feeling this job anymore um but and musically this was way more bluesy than the first four songs Mm. like especially that lead guitar and Mm. this is a lot like it's weird. It's like a marrying of Rancid, which I mentioned earlier, and Lucero, which I've mentioned in several episodes. I'm going to have to talk you guys into Lucero because because yeah, like, we all like so much music like them. Um, and yeah, there, there's and then there's this one part like at the end, there's this total rock solo that I just love. I don't know if we have to bleep, but sorry, Jim, <laughs> twice if we do. Um, <laughs> we do. OK, so yeah, bleep it, Jim. Uh, yeah, this song was great. I, I liked it a lot. So I have thoughts on this, but I want to hear what Jimmy thinks. Um, I, I I definitely agree with all the lyrical stuff. I think it's, it's like a good, like soulful song. But um, I don't know. It definitely felt like rocking, but like uh, for some reason, I just couldn't vibe with it. If that makes any sense, like mm. it, it just wasn't really gelling with me. Um, I don't know if it just wasn't like I don't know. I don't know if it just wasn't. Uh, so you weren't you weren't feeling the rock. No, Sorry, I was not feeling the rock. Sorry, Jim. I uh so I tend to agree with what Jeff said. I think it's definitely um purposely left ambiguous. But I'm gonna get a little heady here, a little artsy fartsy as I like to say. Mm. Oh boy. Um, Let's do it. Fart away, baby. So <laughs> what what we're learning about as this album progresses, and I'm sure you guys picked up on this, is it's very reflective of the moment that it was written in. And the cover of the album is literally the Statue of Liberty, and the album is called All Are Welcome. Right. I think this is sort of a statement on the Trump presidency and how people, especially progressives in this country, felt. So to me, the leaving everything behind and having your heart not in it is about the state of America. And I think this song is sort of calling for a return to innocence, um, talking about like trying to find his way back home. Mm. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I think there was a I definite could, choice. I could to definitely leave it see that, gray. like especially, you know, with, with poetry, like I, I took a poetry class in college and uh, the teacher was like, you know, there's no wrong answers. And then eventually he just told me I was wrong about my interpretations yeah. on everything he gave. <laughs> but no, that's true. Like, I could totally see that. And I mean, the next song, the title song of the track, we'll get to. But like, that's how I, I took that into context, too. Like, that's where I looked up when it came out. I looked at the album cover, you know, the context of the song. So, yeah, I can totally see that being, you know, a, a deeper meaning, like a multi-layered yeah. meaning to the song, which and I didn't think, I think of. That's cool. I think I'm I'm not reading too much contextually to say that Lenny Lashley is like definitely a progressive person who is not happy with the Trump presidency. As a little aside note, I don't think I mentioned this in the first part of episode one, but if you go on YouTube and you search Lenny Lashley, you get a couple songs. But in the top, I would say in the top five results is a video titled Lenny Lashley jumps off stage to beat up a skinhead. 
and (laughs) it went viral it's got a lot of views and lenny lashley for a while i don't know if he still is with the pandemic and everything but he was playing guitar in a in a pretty well-known band called street dogs and the video is in the middle of a street dogs concert there was a dude in the crowd starting problems and clearly a white supremacist and lenny lashley drops his guitar jumps into the audience and beats the shit out of him until they both get thrown out of the show so i I could see that happening yeah yeah, so I think uh, I don't think this was a happy time for Lenny Lashley, the Trump presidency, as it wasn't for many of us. But I digress. Jimmy, all yeah. are welcome. The title track of the album. What'd you think? Oh yeah, I mean this was rocking from the beginning, and mm-hmm. um, it, as soon as they start to like quote the Statue of Liberty, I'm like, yep. yep, I'm like for this. Like this is so good. Yeah, yeah. So this is when I looked up when it came out because I was getting very heavy be more kind vibes uh from frank turner yeah Um, yeah i agree with that lyrically too just like there's so much negativity in the world and just try to be more positive and like you know the statue of liberty quotes and as cliche as that is and as like the martin luther king quote is like whenever i hear uh, a martin luther king quote i'm just like it just it works on me it's very efficient um yeah yeah and, you know, we we've had references in our old bands to Martin Luther King, too. And, yeah, I think that it's it was just such an easy song to to pull at uh, your heartstrings and just like get you to feel. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a, a very welcome song at this time in our lives, especially now. I mean, like, you know, Nazis aren't going anywhere. They've been here. They're going to continue to be here. Uh, we just have to fight them a little bit harder. And yeah. just because Trump's gone doesn't mean that all of the bullshit that he symbolized is because he didn't start it. He just uh, enabled it and fanned the flames. Um, yeah. So, yeah, this was a good song to uh, listen to. Yeah, yeah it I was think... also like super catchy too. like, where yeah. do we go from here? It's so good. Yeah, really I good. think musically i get so many americana vibes um yeah. like neil diamond or like some like born in the usa stuff just like feels like i don't know like what the idyllic imagery of american rock and roll is and then i think the use of the i have a dream speech and some of the lyrics in this i think he's sort of saying like it's not good enough to like have a conversation about who should be allowed into this country. The idea of even having that conversation is racist. Like anti-immigrant is racism and we have a history of welcoming all and right. Anything less than that is not what we were meant to do. I don't know. That's just the way I took it. Yeah. It like hit me especially hard too, because literally at work I was watching a documentary on like immigration and stuff. And I was like, oof, like this is like hit me right close to home. So, uh, it was very well done. Very good song. And then we, we live like lions. Yeah. Not the emotional, emotional connection with live like lions. What'd you guys think of this? (laughs) Yeah, no, this is good. This was, um, if we're speaking lyrically, uh, it's a real somber rally call for action. Um, That's that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's right in the nose. And, you know, it's acoustic. There's steel guitar. There's accordion. This is the most country song yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Like like Dan mentioned, like aging punks. We love this shit. Um, (laughs) And 
and it is like really somber but then it builds into like this electric wailing that like it's kind of like your blood boiling as you want to get more active uh to make change so yeah it's just a very effective song it's it's a protest song and i like it a lot yeah i definitely um as the playlist sort of goes along i actually kind of like his acoustic stuff better than like the bangers which is kind of interesting for me mm-hmm. um which is actually really in- i especially just because like i usually love to like i don't know i like to listen to those rippers but um yeah i mean like i just think the acoustic songs are a little bit more interesting and he- also he's a really good guitar player yeah um we sort of get that with the uh, the next song too. Yeah, um, and, he was and like really be, going. But before we move on to that, I really like when country songs are uh, political in nature, or you know, right. just because because country music is the people's music. Like bluegrass is for you know lower class, the working people, just people, people. And I hate that like pop country hijacked it into like this bro bullshit because like this is this is a real country song with real meaning behind it um it's kind of like sci-fi when people are like keep your politics out of sci-fi no like that's what science (laughs) fiction is dude like it's it's supposed to be like this and if it's not it's not doing its job uh i believe that was and it always has been yeah it it always (laughs) has been uh so jimmy uh double minor Yeah, no, this definitely felt like a country song, too. Like, I got a lot of, like, Johnny Cash vibes with this. Like, I could see him, like, performing this at a Folsom Prison or something. Yeah, so... I was, like, really into it. Sometimes I like to read my notes verbatim, and I'm going to do that right now, because I wrote, Dude, I really got to talk y'all into Lucero. Uh, Because it's just... It's so much like that outlaw country vibe with like the hoo ha hoo yeah oh yeah right <laughs> yeah I definitely agree with that yeah yeah this song's real good it's rocking so a little like behind the scenes info is Lenny Lashley released a seven inch called Live Like Lions and I haven't been able to get my hands on it because it came out on like a German label and I I don't think it was really cool. imported too much but I did hear like some um what do you call it? Like MP3s from it. And, um, it was, it was an acoustic seven inch. So it had live like lines and double minor and a couple other things on it. Um, and I enjoyed them, but I was super excited to hear the full band cuts on this album, because even though live like lines, we call it an acoustic song. It's really not. It has drums, has pedal steel guitar accordion and double minor has like this sort of like traditional bluegrass band as well. And, uh, yeah, it just harkens back to traditional folk music, storytelling songs. I love this vibe of like he's running away from his problems and how you really can't get away. Like he was born into this. You can leave the mind, but the mind can't leave you type of vibe. And then we get into um, so those those were the two songs from the two albums that Dan gave us. And we have three songs from a live release, which he released in October 2020. So, again, this is yeah, months this ago. Pretty new. This is yeah. pretty new. So we get into Bomb and I thought it was OK. I think that I would like it more if I knew the song first. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think it would be a cool like uh, accompaniment to something that I already enjoyed i'm not sure what you mean like if there was a full band recording of it first yeah yeah because like it was an okay song but i don't think that it like 
I don't know. It's kind of like when you're really into a band and then you find alternate cuts, demos, like weird live versions. That's what it feels like. And like, I'm not saying it's bad at all because I, I did like it, but I think I would have liked it more if I knew it before hearing it live. Because it's kinda like, like I don't um, kind of like when Dan tried to talk us into that Neil Young album. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, well, but th- this song was never recorded with a full band. This is the only recording out there okay. of this. He's, he actually has a bunch of songs that he never released, and that's why I chose these three from this live album, because to my knowledge, they were never released. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, because I didn't know a lot about that. And with somebody on the level of fame, if you want to say that he is, he's still like more underground than even like most underground bands like oh he's, yeah he's he's more than local but less than like independent so it's hard to find he's any regional. information yeah he which is yeah. fine um but yeah this was this was like an acoustic hungry heart mm. that's oh, that's what yeah, i, got I from see it. that yeah for sure um so yeah like i did like the song but i think it would have been better in studio or with a what full you, band or I, I don't know it just it, it was lacking something to me what do you think jim um, I kind of agree with that, but I've I like I was saying before, I kind of like his I kind of like his acoustic stuff a little bit better. Um, I don't know, it just feels a little bit more like raw to me. Yeah. Um, especially this song too, with um, which is kind of funny because when I think like a raw song, I don't think like something with a really catchy chorus, but like I'm gonna drop a bomb on you, like that's really catchy. I think I listened to the song twice and like I remember the chorus, so I think it's good. Yeah. I, I I think the lyrics are interesting too because it's a sort of a typical working class story, but he's got this sort of thing, this metaphor that runs throughout of he dropped a bomb on you, and it's like, well, what is the bomb? Uh, to me, there's some sort of secret in this guy's life or something that's forcing him away from his friends and family, and it's all about you know dropping everything and leaving and, and that dropping the bomb on people. So it's sort of an interesting take on that typical trope. Yeah, uh, two robbers. Ooh, um, ooh, yeah. ye to the hall. That is some down home picking right there. I really like <laughs> yeah. this song. This was good. Me too. This was yeah. Really good. I this was that agree. like that was that Americana folksy storytelling song, and and I, I liked it a lot. And I think that this is a song that definitely benefits from being live. I think mm-hmm. that it gives off such a a more raw, natural feel to it. Um, and like. I don't think that this in the studio would have done the song justice. So it's kind of the reversed of the last song. Yeah, me. I totally agree with that. I mean, like, yeah, the guitar strumming is really good um, and singing along to it's really good. The live feel, the raw feel, it's great. It's like a country folk song. It's really good. Definitely yeah, so it. I'm going to tell you guys something um, that might interest you if you are talked into this. Um I was very excited when this release came out and Two Robbers was included because this is one of his oldest songs, but it's never been recorded. So I used oh. to rock out to this song. <laughs> there is a YouTube video of him. I was him. about to say. Did you find this? No, I, oh, I okay. just assumed from what you were about to say. There's a YouTube video of him performing this live like back in 2012, I believe, at the Meriden Daffodil Festival, <laughs> which is like an outdoor summer fair in Meriden, there. Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's on stage wearing a Celtics jersey, which is very apropos. <laughs> and he's uh, he's playing with a stand up bass and a pedal steel guitar. And this recording of this song slaps, but it's not very good quality. So that's why I chose to put this version on. Cause it's from the official live release, but mm. 
Yeah, this is originally... Remember I told you he had another solo project called Lenny and the Piss Poor Boys? Yeah. Yeah. This was one of their songs, and it feels very old to me, so I did some research, and as Jeff said, it's hard to find a lot of information about his stuff, but to me, I think he wrote this song, but I think it's based on two separate, very old folk songs. One of them is called The Tale of the Twelve Robbers, and it's like a Russian folk tale, and then there's also The 24 Robbers, which is an old English round, like row 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 your boat Mm. so i don't know i think he just sort of took those and smashed them together and made two robbers that's that's a cool backstory yeah yeah but there's a very sad backstory to the to the next song on our playlist why don't you tell us because all i wrote down in my notes is harmonica oh (laughs) i said ripping the harp (laughs) (laughs) bruiser is about his dead dog Oh, it's it's like listen to it again. And it's sort of halfway between a sad song about losing your best friend and losing your child. And I didn't put it together until he talks about. uh, And I'm writing this to let you know that your mom and dad miss you so. And I don't know. It's just really sad. And then there's another video of him performing this on YouTube, literally next to a picture of his dog, which was just like a big, dumb pit. I don't don't even want to listen to that anymore. So like. Oh, like whenever you're like watching a show or something and like, you know, like a kid gets hurt or something, you're like, oh, that's sad. But since I have a daughter, dude, I can't even watch like I've been watching uh, a TV show. I don't want to give spoilers, but there's this one part when like this little two year olds in the hospital. And I was like, I can't I can't look at this right. Oh, now. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, that's a big parent thing. Yeah. Like, it's you can't like, watch I, children in peril. It, it, dude, it like makes me sick to my stomach. And I used to be the dude that would laugh when kids get killed in TV shows. I'm like, ha, 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 that's brutal. Uh, and now I'm just like, oh, that little kid has a boo boo. No, I can't watch that. Yeah. Well, this isn't a kid. It's his dog. But it's I know. But you, you just mentioned it, it. It's about like parents losing a kid. And I'm not a, well, I'm not about dog to kid. subject myself to that kind of sadness. Jimmy, did you get that this that bruiser was his dog? No, I didn't get that at all. Oh, you guys got to re-listen to it, the lyrics. It's yeah, so apparently. good. I think I only listened to this one, so I didn't get that. So those are the live songs. Then we get into um, the YouTube playlist, uh, which which Dan wanted. Yeah, it's his first EP. Um, I know I've heard these before. Uh, Like, there's a delay at JFK for sure sticks in my head. Um, And that's a it's so catchy. And like before we even get into the songs, actually, this playlist, whoever uploaded this, it's by a YouTube user by the name of Bone Dry Shart. Which, <laughs> I noticed that too. Which is very <laughs> funny to me. Uh, Jimmy, what did you think about JFK? Yeah, super catchy. Um, For sure. I always love whenever in like rock songs or like pop songs when they they say something like hold up and then there's a pause in the song. I'm like, yeah, they like did the too. thing. Um, but yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really there's good, a nice really little guitar riff and it, it's the same kind of tropes he's been talking about, like being on the road and right. all that shit. I don't know that this is necessarily a road song. The more I've listened to the lyrics, I think this is a long distance relationship song and their relationship is literally suffering because both of them are late people, which I relate to very hard. (laughs) So it's like their time together is always limited because they're like missing buses and planes and arriving late to places. Mm. But yeah, I think it's just super catchy and I'm impressed that his first EP is this good quality. But I guess yeah, that happens when, yeah. you know, he came from Darkbuster, so he knows what a good recording should sound like. Viva Rock and Roll. This is famous rock and roll quotes. 
uh which which i think is cool it's just a love letter to rock and roll um and but it's like it's a love letter to rock and roll but it's slower it's acoustic and there's like organs throughout so i thought that was pretty cool but there's a I mean, I picked up mostly on the cash and the clash. Uh, it's mm. a lot of Johnny Cash quotes and a lot of clash references lyrically and musically, especially with the organ. That's like a, a later clash staple that I really picked up on. And, and I liked it. Yeah, I thought this song was pretty good, too. Um, like I said, I like the acoustic stuff a little bit better. Um, so this was definitely pretty good. Um, yeah, it was catchy. Had a good chorus. I'm always Did you get and stuff. Did you get that each of the verses, Jimmy, was sort of a retelling of a traditional like right. rock yeah, yeah. story? Yeah, I caught the that. The first one is Cocaine Blues by Johnny Cash. I, I love the organ in this song, too. It's like Jeff said, it's sort of like a love song to rock and roll, but it's also like reverential, like like put some respect on the history of rock and roll. Yeah. Right. Which I thought was cool. And then um, the last song on this first EP, well, there is one other song, but I just chose three. Um, Tonight. I think this one is super catchy, and I thought Jimmy would uh, appreciate the Ringo beat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could hear that a little bit, too. Yeah, the song's pretty good. It felt a little like, um, kind of felt a little Springsteen-y to me, Um, Mm -hmm. but um, just a little bit. Uh, But yeah, I thought the song was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I have have nothing else really to say. I mean, it's more rock and roll and organs. It's good. I just don't really like based on what we've listened to so far. It's consistent, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it's it's good. I guess there's one thing lyrically in here that I always like if I ever meet this guy again, I met him once years ago, but it was before I was like really a fan. I would ask him, why is there a line in here about Joe Strummer losing Joe Strummer in one hot summer when Joe Strummer died in March? (laughs) <laughs> I, that always bugged me because my birthday is right Dork. around when Joe Strummer died. And yeah. I'm like, I guess that had to rhyme. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm guessing. But I don't know. Maybe you found out then. I don't know. So funny story about the last song on this YouTube playlist. Uh, initially, I was going to give you guys more of a playlist. It was going to have, you know, the three songs from the EP and then a few interesting live cuts. But I I ended up not finding a lot of live stuff that I really dug, especially because he released the live album that I thought was just better. Uh, so I had added this cover of Stay Free by The Clash, which I do like, um, but I'm not good at YouTube and I couldn't figure out how to take it off after I changed my mind. So Uh, let's talk about stay free by the clash. So I don't know what you're talking about, but I just watched this last night and bruiser live is still on there. So I did not see stay free. What Jimmy, did you have that problem? No, I saw stay free on there like a few days ago, I think. Oh, Jimmy, let's talk about stay free. And then Jeff, (laughs) we'll talk about bruiser. Okay. I would have liked to see stay free, but it definitely was not on the YouTube playlist. That's really funny. Maybe um, you clicked on an earlier link before I was able to take that off. I don't know. Weird. Did you make a new playlist or update the current one? I just updated the current one. Okay. Stay free is on there right now. Well, I'll have Jimmy look at it before we post it. (laughs) Oh, shit. You know what? It is stay free. I think I just wrote Bruiser Live because I watched it. So you don't know the Clash song stay free, (laughs) apparently. Continue talking. Is, I'm about to figure this, this out. Confusing. <laughs> Anyways, Jimmy, uh, you're probably not familiar with the original of this song, are you? Um, no, I didn't know it was a Clash song until I I listened to it after I listened to this one. Um, okay. But no, it, it was good. It was a good version of it. 
I like the acoustic feel of it and the uh I think there's an accordion on there too and Yep, and a mandolin. So remember mandolin, I told right? you in the first part of this episode that the gang of one is literally just whatever musicians Lenny can he find. Picks. Yeah. And so every time you see him he has like a different lineup and I thought that was really cool. This video sort of sort of shows that that and he just decided to blast out this Clash cover and make it sound like uh, an Italian folk song being played in the back of a pizzeria. Yeah, no, it was good. I enjoyed it a lot. Jeff, I'm watching what did you it watch? Now. I'm watching it now, <laughs> He's guys. Watching it now. <laughs> I do remember this accordion player because this is around when I used to when I when I saw him and played with him. So yeah, I remember uh, the setup with the mandolin and the accordion player. It's good. I, I'm 35 seconds in, but I'm not going to watch the rest. But yeah, it's a good song. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the playlist. You guys have any final thoughts? Uh, I don't know. I think I I don't yet. I'll I'll have stuff to say later. Jimmy. Okay. Um I was sort of hoping for a little bit more if that makes any sense. Um uh, more I songs mean, or more quality? Um I think more quality. Like um oh. a lot of the songs I thought were I thought they were like good and they were fun but like there just wasn't like a level of complexity that was like sort of luring me in. Um like I definitely loved like All Are Welcome. Um I thought that song was fantastic. It was definitely his best song. It could be his best song ever, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um but uh I mean that was pretty good but I was definitely really feeling the acoustic stuff. Um so I'm sort of like I mean if I were to like see him live or whatever, would that be like really cool or like would I consider being talked into him if I was to like buy an album of his or something like that? So, uh, yeah, I was a little torn on this. Uh, surprisingly, I know I had a lot to say like positive throughout this playlist, but, um, I don't know. I was sort of like feeling a little, um, 50, 50 on it. So, Mm. yeah, Well, I'm going to give you guys one final push, which is that, even through a pandemic, Lenny Lashley has been pretty active online, um, like recording little videos, um, predominantly on Facebook and stuff, and going live and stuff like that. And he actually just started a series of live stream performances. He's doing, I think, every Sunday or every other Sunday evening. Um, he released the first one, which I didn't love because it was all uh, Lenny and the Piss Poor Boy songs, which I don't know that many of. Mm. But I have to say it was very good quality. It was him socially distanced with a couple other guys playing in like an empty bar. Um, but like like I said, the quality was really good. That's and- <laughs> that sounds like every show I ever played. Yeah. <laughs> an empty bar. But uh, he's got another one coming out, um, I think, this Sunday. Uh, I don't know. But he's got a few of them scheduled. They're all listed on his Facebook page. Uh, so if you are talked into him, those are really cool opportunities to see, you know, live performance of these songs. And like I said, he seems to be pretty active going forward that after this pandemic, uh, you could go see him live. I've seen him a few times. Jeff <laughs> has played with him. He's all over New England. So uh, his shows are really fun. He blasts out a lot of weird covers and different versions of things. He occasionally gets super drunk and almost falls off the stage. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty fun. So uh, if you guys don't have anything else to add, I guess I will ask you the big old question of the day. Jimmy, Jeff, Mm -hmm. was I able to talk you into Lenny Lashley's Gang of One? Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah sounding uh, pretty tentative there yeah jimmy why don't you start because you were like you sound like you're not a yes you said <laughs> yes 
but your tone said, I don't care. Dan, I think you talked me into him. Um, like, at, like as recording this podcast, you sort of like, sort of oh, actually talked me into him, which happens occasionally on the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was listening to this, I just wasn't really feeling some of the other stuff. I think maybe I need to give it more of a, a listen. I mean, I didn't have a whole lot of time to listen to stuff because I've just been working on a lot of stuff lately. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going to, uh, give these playlists some more listens and, uh, start to enjoy them. And like, yeah, it just sort of comes down to like when, uh, the world is back to normal in 2035, um, I'll probably (laughs) go see him live or something. Um, and, um, if I were to do that, I I would probably enjoy it. So, uh, that's why I'm a yes. Jeff, how about you? So when Dan presented this topic, I was like, all right, this is, I'm going to be a yes, right? I got to be a yes. There's no way I'm going to hate this. And I listened to it and I was like, yeah, this is good. I like this. I'm a yes. And then when we were talking, Jimmy, I said, that's interesting because I think um, Dan talked me into him more. Uh, and then I was like a, a very solid yes. So I went from yes to yes to yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's really good. And I haven't listened to anything else just because I didn't want to, like, cloud any uh, of my thoughts while before we recorded. But like on Spotify, you know, there's two full albums. There's the live one. He has an EP. There's not a whole lot. So it's not like you're you're getting yourself buried. Um, and what I did here, I really liked, and I like the newer stuff. I like that there was an album out like a year ago and that it's current and Agreed. it's not just like a, a snapshot in time, um, yeah. which isn't a bad thing at all, but I, I didn't know that he was releasing stuff like still. Um, so yeah, I, I, I did like it. Well, I'm going to tell you two other quick facts now that I know you guys are a yes, that, that I think will like even encourage you, encourage you a little bit more, which is that. As Jeff referenced, there's not a ton of music out there. Uh, the albums are both pretty short and they're really tight. Like he doesn't have a lot of long songs. Mm-hmm. So the playlist is fun and we make playlists for this show. But I think you could easily, Jimmy, if you like the newer album more, you could flip on All Are Welcome and enjoy that whole album. And you'll already yeah. know like, you know, a third of it just from this playlist. Right. Um, and the same goes for the first one. And the other cool thing, just because I know that we guys, we are all vinyl nerds, is he's definitely a vinyl nerd. So his releases are, are, they're sort of bare bones. He does not on a big label like Sub Pop that can, you know, do all kinds of fancy stuff. But what I like about them is, I don't know how to describe this, but they feel very curated. Mm. So like, if you look at the album artwork, the first and the second album are like of a theme. They're like yeah, black. I did notice that. The, the first one is black with like this gold border and gold text. And the second one is like navy blue with a teal border. And like mm-hmm. all the font is the same. It feels like sort of volumes of the same book. And yeah. he does tons of rare exclusive vinyl colors. Like I actually just picked up All Are Welcome like a couple months ago. And it's on Coke bottle green vinyl. So it's cool because it goes with the whole <laughs> Statue of Liberty theme. And uh, cool. yeah, I think he's, if you guys get into him, he's a fun artist to follow. Like I said, he's active on, he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube that he's put out and, and Facebook and stuff. So in the meantime, what are we talking about next? Fellas? I am talking both of you into not the misfits, but a television show called misfits. Have oh, either Jeff. of you ever heard of this program? Nah. Have well, not. I've got something to say. <laughs> I killed, I killed your, your baby. baby today. Oh, no. Dan, I said we can't talk about this. And it doesn't matter much to me, Jeff, as long as it's dead. 
jeez. <laughs> oh, Jimmy's like, what is happening? That's a misfits lyric. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> what's the next lyric, Dan? What What's the next thing that he does? We're in that not going to talk about that. Uh-oh. Misfits. It's somehow worse than baby killing. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad. Misfits is a British television show um about people who get superpowers and that's all i'll say for now we'll talk about it more next week but it's it's uh it's, how did they ever come up with that idea i don't think anybody's ever made a tv show or movie about people oh it's powers. it's not original but it's well done and i think that i think that you both will like it because it, i'm excited yeah we'll, we'll talk about it more i don't want to get too much into it okay. but in the meantime, Dan, where can people find TMI on the www? Okay, guys. So we have a www.talkmeinto.com. That's our www. We have space. that worldwide web space. Yeah. Um, surf on over to there. If you're a web surfer. If you surf the net. Yeah. Um, also, you can find us on the socials. We're uh, on twitter.com slash talkmeinto. We're on instagram.com slash talkmeintopod. Um, you can email us always if you feel so inclined. Talk me into at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon that is going to be updated. I mean, we're updated it is, now, it is, but it's yeah. going to be fully revamped and have a lot of cool new perks. And there's a lot content. of content. Yeah, we, we've yeah. been posting a lot of content on there. And that's patreon.com slash talk me into Jeff. Where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash J E F F F F F two seven. That's Jeff with five F's, the number 27. And you could find me on Instagram at magic, the clipping where I post pictures of magic cards uh, that I stole from people with very poor fingernail hygiene. Jimmy, where can people find you on the net with Sandra Bullock? <laughs> you can find me laughing at Jeff's uh, fingernail hygiene post on Instagram. Dude, I found some bitch. gross ones. I talked over you right now, but I found some gross ones recently. Uh, no, it's uh, fine. It, it's yeah. very funny. Every time I see it, I, I laugh every time. Uh, you can find me at Son of a Fitch, S O N N A V A F I T C H, on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, where I'm working on some stuff. Hopefully, it'll be out by the time you're hearing this. Probably it won't be because I'm mentioning it. Uh, Dan, where can people find you online? Pretty much just Twitter under the name Danny underscore breakdown. As always, you can check out my band if you like that little bed in this episode. Uh, www.olddogsmusic.com. Uh, that's old with an E at the end, like we're Brits. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? One last caress. Last caress. Yeah. <laughs> Radical, dude. <laughs> I thought you were going to like sing with me and you're just like, yeah. <laughs> start it are you kidding me is this real <laughs> what it's your topic oh, why would you damn. not start it <laughs> i don't remember how those how the thing works oh my god two years everybody this is what i this is what we two deal with years. jimmy start the episode with this <laughs> ready <laughs> i'm recording i'm rolling baby i'm rolling in the deep adele let's get it done jeff with five Check S, one, number two. 27